Petikov and I have discussed this. I think this might be the top evidence of this century. Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Welcome to the Bigfoot Society Podcast. Join me, your host, Jeremiah Byron, as I uncover the stories behind the people who make the wonderfully weird and unexplained their life's work. We love chatting about cryptids and creatures that defy logic, but that won't stop us from having people show up that you might not expect. A little bit of this American life and a little bit of in search of is what you're about to experience. So sit back, put your headphones on, Put your phone in your pocket and relax with your favorite beverage as I uncover the stories behind your favorite entertainers, researchers, and people you've never heard of in this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Eli Watson. You've heard and seen him in many uh, current and upcoming things. Uh, Cryptid Campfire Podcast, the Beyond the Trail series from Small Town Monsters. Uh, which is coming out in the future, and also the Chasing Legend series. Uh, He was in uh, a few of those as well, put out by Nash Hoover. So, episode I've been wanting to do for a long time, so you're really going to enjoy this one. Uh, Just uh, sit back, or keep running if you're Western Bigfoot Exploration. And uh, have a good one, guys. All right, welcome back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. I have the privilege of having my friend Eli Watson on, who I have never actually met uh, like most people that I talk to, but uh, you are a super cool uh, gentleman, sir, and uh, I appreciate uh, chatting with you in the different ways that we have. Uh, You're on a multitude of different things. Uh, You have (laughs) your own uh, podcast, uh, Crypto Campfire, Yep. And you've also been on other things as well, the Chasing Legends series. You were in that, which is really cool. And then you've got some uh, some fun things coming up in the future too. But uh, is there anything else that you want our uh, the listeners to know about you as well, Eli? I mean, you kind of covered it. I mean, I just like talking about this kind of cryptozoology okay. subject. You know, it's... um. It's it's something that's always been interesting to me. I think we talked about it a little bit last time. It just kind of took over my life, and now here I am. So, <laughs> yeah. And so let's. Uh, that's right. So we have talked before a little bit uh, for the Patreon. Eli was nice enough to come on. We talked about the Goat Man, but let's pretend that everyone listening to this has never heard that because they probably haven't. So mm-hmm. I want to start first, Eli, with. Tell me how you got into cryptozoology to begin with. Mm. Uh, It started in 2018. That's when I started getting serious about it because, I mean, I grew up with shows like Monster Quest, Mm. um, grew up in the very early days of the internet. So like, I mean, the internet was a different place back then. And, you know, you you come across all these unexplained, you know, pictures and videos that any gullible child will easily believe and just like, oh my goodness, what is that Mm -hmm. thing? You know, and so that was kind of like, I mean, I always say, I can't remember the first time that I saw the Patterson-Gimlin film. It just Mm. feels like something that I always, like it's a very iconic image that I feel like I've always known about, you know? And so, and I, I was going through, ins and outs where times I would be more interested than others, you know, and then 2018, I was going through another spell where I was really getting into it. And I was like, you know what, maybe I should just start a podcast. And I had a, I had a buddy of mine that I was working with and uh, 
we we used to talk about Bigfoot and aliens and stuff like that. And I was like, you want to start a podcast? Mm -hmm. And he was like, sure. Yeah. And then, you know, we asked another coworker of ours and that formed the trio and we did cryptid campfire. And then um, I realized I just have a serious passion for this stuff. I mean, Mm. it's not really something that I always was like, Oh, this is the way my life is going to go. But the deeper I got into it, the more I just really liked it. And of course, then I started making friends and, you know, one of my best friends is Alexander Petikov, you know, it's totally, totally, you know, and it's just like, I would have never met him if it wasn't for Bigfoot, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. It's, we, it's really weird. Like uh, I have uh, friendships like that. I can think of where it's like, yeah, I wouldn't know uh, these people unless it was like, you know, some crazy Bigfoot stories uh, brought us all together. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so Crypto Campfire, I mean, uh, I know that you have a you have quite the listen- listenership. I mean, at least on on Instagram. I mean, you can see those stats and like you're up to like six, seven thousand. It's it's pretty impressive, my dude. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly pretty mind blown about that. Um when I started this, I, I, I didn't think it would get to the point where we're even at, you know, like we, we sell shirts consistently, you nice. know, and that that's, that's awesome. also blowing my mind. I'm like, people listen to us and like us so much that they're willing to buy t-shirts from us. You know, it's just like, right. I don't even know these people, you know, I'm shipping shirts off to the UK, to Texas, to, you know, like it just blows my mind. Oh, are you doing the, you're doing the fulfillment yourself? for your stuff yes i am yeah oh that's cool okay so you like buy it ahead of time have it stored in your place and then yeah it's um the best in terms of cost to profit margin yeah i mean like i would like to do the whole um what is it drop shipping kind of using a service right. that fulfills yep, but yep. i for me they just take too too much of it a, kills you it really does yeah, yeah they just take too much out so mm-hmm. you know and it's like it's not that hard really i mean we're still i mean we're we are big but it's not like i'm getting a thousand t-shirt orders a week you know to where i'm just like oh, i can't keep up with this you know it's like but if everyone wants to buy one right now then it would be a funny joke on eli he would have to <laughs> <laughs> we won <laughs> I'm trying to get you some extra sales, you know what I mean? <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> Cryptocampfire.com, right? That's yes. is that the website? Okay, cool. Cryptocampfire.com. We also have a, a little set of um, we call them Yeehaw Cryptids. Uh, yeehaw I, Cryptids. I think I've seen these. Yes, it's Bigfoot, Mothman, and the Loch Ness monster with um cowboy hats and cowboy boots, and that's uh, legit. They're they're little Yeehaw Cryptid pins, man. So they come Dude, in a little awesome. set. I'm trying to get into the the merch game myself. It's a it's a crazy animal to to wrangle. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, you know, you you sell stuff and you put it back in the business. You got to learn all this business stuff, and it's like mm. crazy. But it's a, it's a fun little exercise. Um, mm. what has been the most fun episode uh, that you've? had to research for and and um record what has been the most most fun and i'm sure like you've probably done hundreds of episodes by now right i don't have an exact number but we're at 165 oh man i can imagine that you there's no way you can remember everything you've done no it's funny because we'll get fan mail and Mm -hmm. they'll be like eli you said this thing it was so funny and i'm like I said that. Did <laughs> like, I? <laughs> I don't remember saying that. I think when you put it all into um, when you put it all together, the total runtime. I think you can listen to Cryptid Campfire straight without stopping for like six oh. days. Oof. Oh wow! I, and it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, that's amazing. You could do a, uh, you could do like a drive across the country just Cryptid Campfire. That would be great. <laughs> I don't know why you would want to torture yourself like that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, the most fun would probably be our Yuletide Yeti episode. Um, Ooh, okay. 
that's our big kind of yeti epic it's like two hours long or something oh wow it mostly focuses on the tom slick expedition nice expeditions right right you know and it's actually i mean i just really resonated with that story i don't know why it's just sometimes you come across things that just really catch your attention and for Mm -hmm. me i think i've always wanted to go to the himalayas okay and to think like you know a lot of people will try to spin the yeti as sort of a sort of a, a western fetishization fetish fetishizing you know yep. uh you know eastern asian mythology and it's like but when you really start digging into it you realize no it's not it's not like that at all mm, and okay there the people who live there in the sherpas and stuff are very confident that these are real animals you know and certainly some of the most compelling sightings from Westerners, usually from people who were trying to climb Mount Everest back in the day, are really compelling because it's, I mean, one, oh man, I wish I would, I wish I knew all the names, but there's one report that uh, the person described it as uh, an orangutan. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's like, but the, the problem is there's no orangutans that live in that area. So that would be impossible. Okay. You even look at, uh, um, I watched recently that, I don't know if you've heard of him, the YouTuber, Bob Gimlin. With a Y. Yeah. With a Y. Yeah. It's on my list of stuff to watch, but like I have no time and I can barely make time for Sasquatch archives, which I think is very important to make time for. Yes. Like, to get the Sa- historical stuff down. Right. Oh, but absolutely. yeah. Bob Gimlin looks, looks awesome. He does an analysis of, um, yeti footprints found and how they how they line up with um actual ape footprints and uh, i think it's it's extremely compelling so Mm. that is really cool i had a uh a fun chat with uh um uh uh roth um a few episodes back and he had gone over to that area to um to record all the stories of the Sherpas, I believe about the, the Yeti, uh, before they were lost. So he's kind of doing like a folklorist thing. And, um, so he's a really, really cool, really cool dude. Can I get his look name one sure. more time? Um, it, it's, uh, Kai Wada Roth. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a fun episode. Oh man. He, it's a fun episode. You should check it out. Uh, he's got some, he's got some really good tidbits in there. Um, Tell me more about, um, well, actually, so you are on, I'm not going to like dox you or anything, but you're on the West coast, right? Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty um, open about being in Southern California. So, oh, okay. Southern California. Um, so something I found interesting that has kind of like a theme that's come out from different interviews is like, don't be don't be bummed that you don't live in the Pacific Northwest or you don't live in near Loch Ness, Scotland, figure out what's weird in your area and become the expert in that subject. So what's like, what's around you? Is there anything going on in your area that you are, that you have been drawn to or that you've found because of your interest in cryptozoology? Yes. And actually it is Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Okay. Um, because, you know, Southern California is mostly desert like, you know, mm. it's it's not exactly prime Bigfoot habitat, but I was up in the, the Pacific Northwest not too long ago with members yeah. of the Olympic project and yeah. Um, you know, Shane Corson, uh, another investigator, Todd Hale, actually both have spent a considerable amount of time in Southern California and, and we were did you hear that? No, was it a ghost? No, it was somebody singing. Um, oh, I no. So I hear singing in my house all the time. So I probably didn't notice it. I have a few family members uh, like to sing, which is <laughs> okay. awesome. I love that. So I probably just sure. didn't even notice it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, where was I? Yeah. They, you were talking about the big. Oh, no, you were talking about being with the Olympic project. Yes. Um, 
so those two that I talked to, Shane Corson and Todd Hale, uh, are both from like the same general area that I'm here at in oh, Southern California. Okay. And they told me, yeah, I just kind of brought it up almost as a joke was like, you know, oh, you ever heard of Bigfoot down in Southern California? And they're like, oh, yeah. And I oh. was like, what? And so they start telling me all these sighting reports. And in fact, one of them, uh, Todd Hale, had his own sighting report like, very close to where I live. And I'm just like, what? And so I go, I go to the BFRO and I start pulling up reports. And the mm. first thing that I immediately noticed was that there are older sightings uh-huh. and there's very, very, there's like two or three contemporary sightings. And I mean, within like the last five years, really? most of them date back to the seventies, eighties, nineties. And after that, they kind of drop off. But that correlates to the expansion of Southern California. I mean, the suburbs and everything. I mean, my own hometown, when we moved here back in 2005, was way smaller than it is right now. I mean, it has just been expanding, 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 you know. And so my kind of theory, you know, I'm staring at the map here, Google Maps, looking at the, the sightings. In the, these, they all occur in mountain ranges. Okay. You could feasibly travel from mountain range to mountain range all the way up to the Sierra Nevadas. Which, oh, yeah. As you know, the Sierra Sounds were recorded there. I mean, there's totally. plenty of Bigfoot activity up there. And it's just like, I can see it, you know, as we're kind of encroaching on their territory more and more, they feel they need to back off and start heading up northwards or mm-hmm. potentially southwards towards Mexico. I know I was talking to Connor Anderson of the North American yeah, totally. Bigfoot, you know, and he was telling me that they, they have some reports from Northern Mexico. Mm, yes. Yes. So. Yep. That is an area that uh, I think needs to be more looked into when it comes to that, but we'll leave it at that for sure. Um, I think this might be an interesting, uh, conversation as, uh, so you started out as a, as a guy who pretty much, you know, like to talk about weird stuff with your buddies at work. You started a podcast. Now you're, you're going out, uh, and being involved with productions in stuff like small town monsters that you probably started out watching yourself. I would think. I'm, I'm yeah. guessing that. So I'm guessing there's going to be some listeners to this that are like, man, that's really cool. Like, how did, like, how do you get from like just chatting about like Bigfoot and then, you know, you got your own podcast, but like what, what's, uh, what's that journey look like? Or is it something where it's just like, it's happening and the ride is crazy type deal? A little bit of both. Okay. Um, see, before I got into all this Bigfoot stuff, um, I was going to film school. I mean, uh, my my passion really lies in filmmaking. And so, and then I got into Bigfoot. And at first it was, I remember my parents being like, Bigfoot, filmmaking, the two don't really go hand in hand. You know, I didn't, I didn't know who Small Town Monsters was back then. Like, okay. you know, and then I discovered them like January of 2019. And oh, wow. I think the first thing I ever saw was on the trail of champ, which okay. it directed mm-hmm. by one, yeah. now one of my best friends, but totally. I just remember seeing that and being like, wow, this isn't terrible. Like <laughs> there's, there's a lot of crap documentaries out there in terms of Bigfoot and stuff and, and cryptids. And right. I was just like, this is pretty good. And I started watching more of their stuff and just, I was like, this is it. Like this, mm-hmm. I, I have to work with these people, you know? And gotcha. I, I mean, the first time I ever talked to Seth, I told him, you know, very much the truth. Cause I began to feel myself. I, I mean, I, I lived in LA for four years and just, um, I'm not a huge fan of the city, I'm not a city mm, guy. Sure. I'm much, I'm more of the outdoorsy type. I, I love yep. camping in general, even without Bigfoot attached, you know? And, you know, Seth lives in Ohio and mm-hmm. he 
has a production company and makes enough to, you know, provide for his family. And I'm like, so I don't have to live in a place that I completely despise in order to do movies, you know? Right. So to me, that's a huge inspiration. And uh, I don't know. I got involved with Chasing Legends just because I was drawn to the project. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, one thing led to another. And now here I am working with Small Town Monsters and it's just like blowing my mind. (laughs) It's very cool. It's very cool. I think it's, it's being a genuine, nice, humble person but also making solid connections along the way. And Absolutely. you have some solid skills too. You know? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like you said, I think the number one thing that I realized the most was the, the number one thing that I realized about this community for the most part, um, you have your outliers, <laughs> but uh, when I went to the Oregon Bigfoot festival in 2019 it was the first oh, time man. I was really kind of exposed to the community okay. yeah. and just, everyone was so friendly. Everyone was so welcoming. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like in LA, everyone's so like superficial, so fake, you know, especially the crowd I was hanging out with, you know, everyone wants to be an actor. Everyone wants to be a director. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's like the cream of the crop for superficiality, you know? And it's like, I, I, I met so much authenticity and I was like, wow, like I didn't know this was possible, you know? And, and I haven't been disappointed. So it's like you said, it's just awesome. being, being a genuine person uh, can get you so far. And, and the cool thing is that, you know, you can help to be, or you can be the one that makes the community actually rise and be a better community. Mm-hmm. You don't have to <clears throat> get involved with, um, talking bad about people or you know you know what i'm talking about we'll just leave it at that but it's like (laughs) we can make this a better community and it's like that's why i've tried to like create a good community on clubhouse or like um different different things of that nature but um also before i forget um mark marcel had great words to say about you he said you're a cool dude because uh (laughs) we had uh we talked to him last month in the patreon and he kind of was was talking about he had a very fun time hanging out with you but um what was that like getting involved with like man i mean you you saw some you met some cool people up there you must have like you probably met ron moorhead right i did i did meet ron moorhead (laughs) i did and um i honestly that's a little funny because yeah i didn't have much to say to him i guess i just didn't want to be like Oh my goodness, Ron Moorhead, you're the Sierra Sounds guy. Like, well, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to be that guy, right? But it's right. like, yeah. So you know, I introduced myself to him. We we chatted for a little bit, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's just funny. He's a he's a cool guy, very chill. That's uh, awesome. The the person I was most nervous to meet was actually Mark Marcel. And, oh, totally. Um, just yeah. because he is sort of a Bigfoot historian. And he is. Uh, as I've grown in this community, I'm beginning to figure out my place is more so on the historical side. I, I mm. really want to. Okay. I want to capture the history of cryptozoology. And I feel like that's been so far up to date has been pretty much just pushed to the side. I mean, mm. interesting. Like, I mean, the project, I, I think maybe Mark mentioned it is, you know, my Ivan Sanderson project that I'm working on now. I'm right. Trying to, I'm, I'm, I can't say too much. I'm involved in some pretty interesting things going on with that, but it's just, I knew talking to Mark would probably open up some windows into that project and I was not disappointed. And I mean, it's been a wild ride since then. I mean, that's that is crazy can i um i need to pause for one second Mm. my this is totally unprofessional i am so sorry i have a second interview and like uh i just need to text no problem we will reschedule um okay 
Do you ever get, do you do interviews? Yeah, sometimes. Oh man. If you try to do double interviews on one night, it, sometimes it can be crazy, but I'm back at it. I'm back at it. They were having a, a medical issue. So important Dude, to get that. Yeah. Can I, can I share you some details of oh, my day so far? Tell me I more. Was, <laughs> I was um, at four o'clock. Well, geez. I, so that was two hours for me. I did um, an interview with Tobias Wayland. At 4 a.m.? No, no, no. At 4, 4 p.m. for me. Okay. I was like, dude, you are hardcore if you're doing 4 a.m. Like, <laughs> Tobias, that's a, he's a fun dude. He is. I like yeah. Tobias a lot. So I just had him on the show talking about um, the Lake Michigan Mothman a little bit. And then right after that, I hopped onto, um, I don't know if you know, Emily of the Forest Floor. Ah. Uh. Oh, that's one I'm trying to, I'm trying to get an interview with Emily. She's really cool. She is cool. Yeah. So I was on her podcast, quote unquote, interviewing Alex Petikoff, but it was. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's a cool idea though. Yeah. So it was, it's kind of cool. And then now I'm doing this <laughs> with you. It's kind so. of cool. Yeah. So you're three, like you I'm, are the, you're the super the superman of today you're you're up to three in one day that's nuts dude yeah good for you man <laughs> it's let's sp- let's spice it up with some questions to keep you let's, awake how about that let's do it let's do you're it you're gonna love this all right so for the podcast listeners i'm bringing up instagram mm-hmm. and you know that i um sometimes there's listener questions sometimes they're a little bit trolly but that's part of the fun. And I'm going to make Eli ask who the person is that asked the question. Uh, how is your Stetson game so strong? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> is this? <laughs> I don't know who this would be. Is this Alex? It's Alex. It's Alex. Yeah, okay. It's Alex. <laughs> And then you have to answer the question, right? How is it so strong? I, I don't know. I just, you do have some amazing hats. I, I only have one. I it's only, only one? one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's now two because I had the hat that I wore throughout Chasing Legends. And then okay. when we were out investigating in Louisiana, it began to rain and my hat never recovered from that. Oh, snap. Um, because I don't know if uh, water will basically ruin a hat, okay. uh, a good a good cowboy hat. I mean, that's basically the idea of shaping a hat is you wet the hat and then shape it. And how okay. it dries is how it stays. Right. And I'm no expert in shaping hats. And it just dried in a weird way. And mm. then I wet it again to try to reshape it. And it just got worse. And I was like, oh, no. And then okay. I really like that style of hat. So I just bought the same one again. Hey, if it works, what, you know, if it's not broke. So do you think in order to become a rock and cryptozoologist, you have to have a really cool hat? That seems think, to be a thing. I think it's necessary. I mean, yeah. Ron Moorhead has alligator teeth in his oh, hat. Oh, wow. Moorhead's hat is crazy. It's crazy. And then like Lyle Blackburn's hat, like I actually asked him that. And when I interviewed him, I was like, so tell me about your hat. He's kind of like thrown off. He was a ho, ho. But then it got some some cool hat info. Uh, He's a cool dude. That was a fun interview. Let's move on to the second question. Remember, guess who asked the question? Okay. Tell us about your camping buddy, Mr. Mouse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am sorry if these are like out of control. <laughs> is, this, is this Alex again? It's not Alex. It's not Alex? But you're close. Is it Seth? It is Seth. It is totally Seth. Seth. <laughs> Seth it can bust out some troll stuff like you wouldn't believe, but Seth is the coolest. I think... Um... That's what surprised me the most about Seth when I first met him was how, how much of a troll he is. Oh, for real. And, and I've never met him. Yeah. You should meet him in person, dude. He is an <laughs> epic troll. 
And it's funny because that's that's kind of my sense of humor too. So okay, we really hit it off like really well. Nice. Um, I told him, I don't know if you know Aaron Gascon. I yeah I. I, of course, know Aaron because of like small town monsters. I have no like interaction with him, but I know he's a wild and crazy dude. Yeah, he's yeah. he's great. Um, when we were in the Pacific Northwest, he's he told Seth that he was going to start a rival production company called Big City Beast, and, <laughs> and and I chipped in and I said, "Yeah, the first series is going to be on the track of." Oh my goodness. That's amazing. I want big city beasts to actually like, that would be so funny, dude. <laughs> big city beast, man. Um, big city beast. So to answer the question <laughs> about Mr. Mouse, uh, apparently, so we were, me and Petakov were, were camping out with the Olympic project and I went to bed and I, I, I thought Alex was going to go to bed right after me. And so I, I just left the tent door open, like unzipped. And, you know, I get in my sleeping bag. I, I fall asleep. And I guess when Alex was coming in, he was like, the door's open and just sees a mouse just crawling oh, no. out, crawling out of the tent. And <laughs> he found mouse poop near my head. Where, so this mouse wow. was right next to me. And oh, I didn't man. even notice. <laughs> hey, it weirder stuff has happened. But uh, <laughs> good on you for for sleeping right through it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, I was so tired. True. I mean, from what I've heard, that whole uh, that whole uh, hiking camping trip must have been extremely. Uh, physically taxing just like tiring like crazy um anytime i get with petikov we're not sleeping for like days on end so yeah that's that's just the nature of how we hang out and so yeah it was i mean the first day i mean we hit it just we hit the ground running we land we drove up to mount rainier and then drove maybe another two hours to get to the place where we were going to camp with the Olympic project. We're hiking, we're going on back roads, private land, logging roads, then hiking off trail in the rain to the campsite. I mean, it was just brutal stuff. And just, I mean, that's what it was every single day. Mm. We were there for five or six days. And then, I mean, the scariest moment was probably towards the end. Okay. Uh, That last night that we slept, we had four hours of sleep and then we did everything we needed to do during the day and we needed to leave pretty early to get to the airport. And we were like three, four hours away from Seattle. Oh man. And so we managed to get like 40 minutes of sleep and then we, then we left and I will never forget. I mean, Alex has passed out in the passenger seat. I am like zombie mode staring at the road, knowing that if I divert my attention a little bit, it's probably not going to end well. And I mean, we're going on this, the way it took us was so like dumb because it was all just back roads. I mean, just windy roads for like two hours. I was just zombie mode driving. Yeah. Just so like, it was just scary, like thinking I like because Pe- Alex couldn't drive. He was beyond gone. He's out. And, yeah. And I was like, I am our only hope of us getting oh, out of here. Man. That's you crazy, know? dude. Yeah. Whoa. And it's crazy to drive out. Like uh, we've we went out to Forks one time, of course. Uh, and um, those roads are wild out there, dude. Oh yeah, you got to be at a hundred ten percent because you're like going all over the place and you're, oof, it's crazy. Yeah. It's beautiful though. It's very beautiful. Oh yeah, um, but at, <laughs> I mean, we left. Our flights were at like eight o'clock, and to get, oof. we wanted to get to the the airport by like five five thirty. Mm-hmm. We're four hours away, so we left at one in the morning. Holy mackerel, dude! So may like, as well not go to bed. I mean, that's why we slept for 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just have some coffee and start driving. Woohoo. 
No, it was rough, Yikes. man. It was rough. Uh, the next question, I'm. It's not a troll question, so I'm just gonna say who the person is that. Uh, okay. That that uh, asked Wait, it here. Is it someone I know? Uh maybe. And I am also checking real quick to make sure. Just to make sure the. Okay, good. I got them all. Um, you may know him. He's a cool dude. Uh, a great artist. Uh, I'll have you. How you'll still guess? How about that? Yes. What's Eli's favorite cryptid encounter story? And your your clue is this guy is a really cool Bigfoot artist on Instagram. Is it Jonathan Dodd? It is. He. Yeah. It's great. That's great when you, I'm like all I have to say is he's really good at drawing Bigfoot, and you're like. Jonathan Dodds, 100%, because this guy is good. Jonathan oh. is a good dude. Holy oh, yeah. mackerel. I, uh, oh. I, me and him, we've chatted a little bit over over Instagram. He's a oh, super really? cool guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's we've awesome. hit it off really well. And so um, my favorite cryptid encounter story. Oof. Mm. That's, a, that's a good one. That's a, that's a whammy, dude. It is a good um, one. It will probably, so this, I'm probably not going to get it a hundred percent accurate. So please bear with me, but no problem. It, what, it has to do with the Olympic project again. And I heard this story and I actually mentioned the two people who experienced this before um, Shane Corson and Todd Hale. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you know about the nest sites, the possible Bigfoot nest sites. The, I Eli. I mean, you I know. know about yeah. them. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, that's really nice of you to like, not to assume that I know I I've heard of the well, sites. Yeah. You're good. Okay. For sure. Okay. So right. <laughs> it, it has to do with um when they discovered the second nest site. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So uh, I don't think that's like too common knowledge, but um, that Ooh, there's tread lightly, actually- tread lightly. This isn't right. like Spoiler Town USA, right? This uh, is like Shane, prior story. Shane has shared this on podcast before. I'm All right, sure. cool, cool. So let's so, let's let it rip. Let's r- let it rip. So yeah, Monster I, X is legit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So Shane, Shane and Todd are just walking around looking for you know a possible Sasquatch sign. All right, and I think they, as far as I understand, they start noticing broken huckleberry like mm. seven eight feet mm. off the ground which okay when when i was there they were telling me that's like i mean that huckleberry is tough man like you're not breaking that i've heard I, that yep you, i mean i tried you know because i'm one of those people i'm like that's not that big you know and then i tried dude you can't break that without oh, a cutting really? tool wow. not without a cutting tool and i mean these are like broken like mm. They're not cut. They're broken. And that's awesome. I mean, also that high off the ground is like pretty nuts, you know, wow. seven, yeah. eight feet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's taller than, you know, if I raise my <clears throat> hands over my head, I can't reach seven feet, you know? So, well, actually maybe I can, but I can't reach eight anyways. <laughs> and so they're walking, they start, they see these, these broken huckleberries and they're like, Oh, this is interesting. And they start going, they start going down this hill and all of a sudden they hear just this big thing, just take off down the hill, oh, just snap. R- running as fast as, as it could, you know, and they both get freaked out. They draw their guns, you know, and, and they're not gun nuts or anything, but I mean, there's mountain lion and bear in the area. So it's like, you gotta be ready. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they hear something coming back up the hill Ooh. on to their side. And, they don't know what it is Snap. and Shane's freaked out. So he says, we got to get out of here. They leave, they come back the next day. And this is where mm-hmm. it gets really interesting. Okay. They go down to where they thought they heard whatever it was that took off down the hill. Yeah. And they find a nest that is half built. Oh yes. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and they go and what's interesting is where they think they heard that, whatever it was coming up around them, you know, which to be noted, that's not mountain lion behavior 
and that's not bear behavior to flank, you know, to, okay. to circle okay. back around. That's not in their MO. And so they find this like little ridge of dirt mm. that something could possibly hide behind and not be Whoa. seen. And okay. in towards the top of the ridge, they find handprints. Oh, yeah. Wow. And they, ca- they casted those, and I, I saw the handprint. And, oh, snap. Um, I'm You were talking to Carrick the other day, and mm-hmm. he has some interesting ideas about the, the nature of a Sasquatch hand in terms of mm. uh, the different types of grip. So Carrick has been kind enough to educate me on different types of grips. So humans have what's called precision grip. So uh, the position of our thumb where it is allows us to turn knobs and dials very mm. easily. Okay. Um, that's kind of what our hands are built for. The great apes, they have what's known as power grip. Their, their mm. thumbs hang down a little bit lower. They're okay. flexible in different ways. And that makes them better for holding rocks, grabbing branches, you know, so when you're thinking about tree knocks or Sasquatch throwing rocks, you know, it, it begins oh, yeah. to make sense, you know, and Carrick, you know, super smart dude starts putting sketching out this hand based off of various handprints that have been found. I think one one handprint found in Kentucky, some of the Paul Freeman ones. OK. And I told him about the handprint that the Olympic project had. And he was like, dude. If it's going the way I think it is, this is roughly what where the thumb would be. And Petakov had a picture of the handprint, and it was exactly where he thought it Whoa. would be. Oh, wow. So there's something to it, you know, that... That's like, cool. Over time, you know, I mean, none of these casts were casted in the same area or even remotely the same year, you know, and for them to all be consistent in terms of the thumb placement is pretty wild. Yeah, it truly. Carrick is a super smart dude. Listeners will remember that from last week when I actually interviewed Carrick. So definitely yeah. check out that episode and uh, listen, uh, watch his uh, YouTube channel, Crash Course Cryptozoology, uh, for more info. Um, let's. Uh, I got. I got some questions for you. Okay. And um, I say they're the same questions every week, but I'm still fine tuning them after a few months, but I'm getting there. So um, the first question is, uh, what should I ask you that I didn't know enough about you to ask? Or the question that is so awkwardly worded, it hits about 10% of the time. No, I get it. I'm just trying yeah. Oh, to you get it? Okay. I do. No one ever I... gets it. No, I, I get it. You get it. Okay. it. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to think of something that, oh, okay. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. that might be interesting. I don't know. My favorite, <laughs> I don't know. I guess my favorite movie of all time. No, I don't know. Okay. That's a very vague question. What's your favorite vampire movie of all time? Because Twilight. I'm a big fan. No, no. No? Okay. No. <laughs> Although, you know, when we were in Washington, Although... me and Alex went through Twilight Town, whatever it's called. Is it Forks? Forks. It's it is Forks, Forks, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we went through Forks. But it is Oof. not Twilight. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's actually um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. Uh, the 1992 directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Hmm. Um, okay. It has Keanu Reeves in it. Gary oh, wow. Oldman plays Dracula. Winona Ryder. Anthony Hopkins. Dude, it's kind of super cast. And that is solid. It's kind of, it's kind of looked down upon. I, I have no idea why. You know, <clears throat> what blows my mind, people look down upon it because of Keanu Reeves' involvement. Oh, okay. With his big resurgence lately, I'm really surprised like people don't go back to that. 
like oh my goodness Keanu Reeves suddenly this movie is good now and it's like I don't I don't know like I th- I think he's fine like we'll have to check it out I I that is one I personally have not watched you should but, watch uh, it I'll I'll check it out it's got an um, awesome soundtrack it's probably my favorite that. opening scene of any movie of all time of all time even more so than the uh, Dark Knight that's oh. That's my favorite, but dude, that it, I mean, yeah, really okay. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. All right, it's all just right. so savage. I don't know. All <laughs> oh, right. it's so savage. Nice. All right, I'll check it out, and uh, listeners, you check it out too. And then, uh, if it's cool, hit up Eli and let him know how awesome it is. Yes, please do. With all just, the memes, all the yeah. memes of Bram's. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> send me memes in general if you want. <laughs> Whatever you want, dude. Um, what are you most excited about right now? In this could be anything. I would say this upcoming trip I'm about to go on. Whoa, in the first there's week of more. <laughs> yes, there is. <clears throat> oh snap, dude! So the. The trio is getting together next month. Uh, that's me, Petakov, and Carrick. Oh, no. Really? And oh, yeah, wow. I, I don't want to share too, too much. It is for his series, Beyond the Trail. This has been kept super quiet because I haven't heard anything about this. This is okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Dude. So we're uh, going to be doing some very interesting Bigfoot research up in maine oh man sweet so i mean sweet i'm not sure i mean you guys will be able to see it all eventually it'll come out right on small town monsters but uh i don't know when it's going to come out but just uh okay it's gonna happen something to look forward to have you been to maine before i have not oh you're gonna love it dude it is so just it's wild dude and i don't know you're going up if you're going up to northern maine oh man like the moose and the oh it's so crazy i'm i'm happy for you to experience it for the first time it's Dude, a very very cool place we're gonna be what i'm really excited about is how remote we're gonna be okay we're gonna be so far away from civilization it's gonna wow. be crazy oh i'm excited dude that's 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 good stuff the next question is my favorite to ask um what are the top books that someone getting into uh Bigfoot should have on their bookshelf. Mm. How many? Um, I don't really put. I just say top. Oh, okay. so oh, that's top. up to you. That's up to you. Okay, I'll I'll think of a couple. Um, I would say for a good general overview of the entire Bigfoot phenomenon, I would say Bigfoot: The True Story of Apes in America by Lauren Coleman. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. If you want to get into more of the dogman type stuff, I would mm-hmm. look into The Beast of Bray Road by Linda Godfrey. Totally. I think because that is really kind of the first like big dogman thing. It really is. Yep. I think I think that just serves as a really great introduction into that topic. Um if you're into the more weirder stuff, maybe The Mothman Prophecies by John Keel. Oh, totally. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's a fun nice. one. It's, it's, I mean, it's a fun read for sure. And, hmm. Trying to, trying to think here. Uh, some other good ones. Those are actually like, those, those are, are th- ones that people don't usually bring up. So that's, those are good recommendations. Nice work. What do, what do people normally bring up? It's always like, um, uh sasquatch legend meets science which like oh. yeah of course i mean that's a good book but it's like everyone defaults to that one right you know so sure yeah, yeah. yeah i i guess when i when i answered your question i was thinking like good books for people who don't know anything about it and are exactly. looking to get into like intro level books yep. you know it's like i feel like like you know i could sit here and recommend you know abominable snowmen legend come to life by ivan sanderson you know exactly yeah yeah but like what are the chances first of all the language used is outdated you know it's like Mm -hmm. is it it's 
stylistically written you know it's like i don't know i just feel like something more contemporary would be good for people getting into it you know and it's like and then if you really want to go deep read that one you know yeah i, I got, always I got, recommend um oh go ahead oh i got this in the mail today this is um, oh snap what is that that's amazing it's strange abominable yeah oh man it, it's just accounts of dude that's awesome from all over the world i actually there's accounts from southern california in this book really yeah i was like whoa i'm loving it oh man that's good stuff um i always recommend i really like uh, ken gearhart's um bigfoot book is really good i think that's a good uh beginner one yes i have Um, that but i haven't had a chance to read it yet oh you totally should it's a good it's good stuff i like it Mm. um Getting into some more cryptid-related ones here. So what do you feel uh, Bigfoot is? How do you explain what we're looking at? I think Bigfoot is just another undiscovered primate, like grade ape. Okay. Uh, Akin akin to a chimpanzee or a gorilla. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. I think what throws people off about it is the fact that it is so... It's human-like in silhouette, you know? Mm. I think in in the size, obviously, you know, you're looking at something that's six to nine feet tall, you know? And I think people... It is big, but, like, you seen a gorilla? A gorilla's huge, you know? Like... It's true. You know, like, the apes aren't exactly small, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. chimpanzees, I think, are around five feet tall, and it's, like... Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. the size of my mom. Like, you know, totally. So, Jeez. and I mean, you have things like tree knocks, which have mm-hmm. been observed in chimpanzee behavior. Yep. Um, the nests, which will be explored a lot. I don't want to say too much on that because that's small town monsters is going in deep with the whole nest thing, but that exactly. highly, highly correlates with gorilla behavior. Hmm. And I mean, like I was talking about with the the whole hand print thing, you know, we're talking about a mid-tarsal break, which I was actually talking to Carrick about possible uses for the mid-tarsal break. You know, when you think about a human getting down on all fours, the way our foot bends, it bends right at the toes. You know, there's not a whole lot of uh, grip Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, to crawl around. But if you have a mid-tarsal break, more of your foot is on the ground when you're on all fours. And I mean, if it's, if it is another gray ape, I mean, chimpanzees, gorillas, they walk around on all fours most of the time and they exhibit sure. bipedal behavior now and then. What if a Sasquatch is the opposite? It's mostly bipedal, but goes down on all fours. Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah. It, that would explain, you know, more usage of the mid tarsal break, you know. Totally, totally. It would probably mm. allow them to move faster on all fours than we could eat too, you know. And you think about the sightings where where Bigfoot just disappears, you know. Well, if you drop down on all fours and crawl away, you know, you could fall. You could fall on all fours really quick. I mean. Mm-hmm football players do it all the time you know up downs you know it's like yeah it's true that's true you know so i don't see why a bigfoot would have any difficulty falling down on all fours and then crawling away really quick you know and to you and your shocked mind state might think it just disappeared but it just Mm -hmm. moved so quick you know i like it man i like it yeah that's some that's some good uh logic there um is Mothman uh, good or something else completely, or what are your what are your thoughts on the Mothman crypto? Mothman, Ooh. you're gonna hate my answer, but All right. I don't think we know enough. I I don't necessarily buy the whole harbinger theory. Okay. Of Mothman, you know, warning people about the Silver Bridge collapse. I think those two events are unrelated but because they happen so close to each other because i mean you look at tobias whalen's research right you realize 
you know, the, the big going narrative, especially in the Mothman prophecies, is that after the Silver Bridge collapsed, Mothman was never seen again. And it's just, I mean, the Mothman legacy shows that that, that, that isn't true. Tobias Whalen's research also shows that isn't true. You know, I really do think that was a natural phenomenon. That bridge was going to collapse at some point or another. It happened. To oh, I, I agree. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So I don't. So then once you remove that out of the equation, the whole, is it warning people of something? Is it bringing terror to people? That question kind of becomes irrelevant, right? Mm. it's like well it didn't cause the silver bridge collapse you know it was just something people saw uh, is it terrifying yes is do i think it's more on the paranormal side of things yes um i don't think it's flesh and blood like a bigfoot would be or even champ would okay. be you know but i don't think there's enough that we know about it to really try to guess what its intentions are you know what i mean gotcha got yeah not no i can i can be on board with that that's a it's a tricky one um but what about do you think a uh, dog man is the worst or the best <laughs> in regards to what <laughs> i don't know <laughs> dog man's the best dude the best what dude <laughs> he's he's just the best I he's mean, a total jerk man <laughs> That's because people don't understand dog behavior. Ooh, they don't understand him. He's misunderstood. I don't know. I'm a big dog person, so Okay. You know. So I talked to Jody Cook a few like last week about dog man stuff for mm. the Patreon. And like then I got on this tangent that night and like went on this like just reading articles and got into like land between the lakes, Kentucky stuff dude that stuff gets wild yeah do not mess with that stuff Oof. yeah that is some pretty intense stuff in fact yeah. i don't know if carrick told you about this but we're actually working mm. on a project together called no the man wolf files which is the coolest name that's ever been used in a <laughs> zoology documentary it's very cool like i'd wear the t-shirt the man wolf files yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a cool things. name. It's awesome, dude. And so we talk about land between the lakes uh, in one of the episodes. Oh, nice. and I mean, yeah, Dogman is... Eh. See, I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack for this as well because I am not... Like Linda Godfrey in her book, The Beast of Bray Road, she introduces the idea or, or purports a theory of how a dog might need to evolve to be bipedal or at mm. least partially bipedal explaining okay. dog man sightings. I'm not a believer in that. I think dog man is, I'm just going to say it. I think it's a werewolf, you know, I think there's Ooh. paranormal stuff in play here. You know, okay. I don't, you know, I think skinwalkers are real as well, you know, and it's like, oh, but that doesn't make any sense. You know, that doesn't, you know, that's not scientifically possible. And it's like, that's why it's paranormal. It's above normal, you know. It's, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, no, mm. do I, I? I'm a big believer in the paranormal. I, I okay. 100% believe that it's real. And and so I think, I just don't, I just don't see dogs becoming bipedal. So I think it's, mm. I have reasons. Okay. All right, Just. all right. We'll leave it at that. that. That's that's a cool little discussion about it. Would you go down to Land Between the Lakes and just camp out and be like, "Come at me, dog man. I'm here." I would be scared. Predator, yeah. predator style. I would do it, dude. If, you do it. If, all right. You if Petakov's only if Petakov's there. So if then Petakov is there, then I'm like, I'm sign me up too. I mean, <laughs> just bring everybody. He's the ultimate dude, man. Yeah, um, great. What are your thoughts on the Van Meter Visitor? Okay. All right. This is where rubber meets the road, dude. And the rubber's going to miss the road because oh, I snap. actually I actually <laughs> don't know that much about the Van Meter visitor. I'm so sorry. You need to you need to know more. 
you need to maybe do a whole episode about it. I don't know, but we it's actually next week is what we're doing. So. No, it's not. Is it really? Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> so so if we would have pushed this interview back a week, I would have been able to answer your question. Wait, so you will be releasing the episode oh. on that in a week? No, no, we'll be recording that episode in a week. My, okay, my so bad. when will it re- release? Two weeks after that. Okay, so that's funny. So people will hear this, and then the next week, you can actually go over to Cryptic Campfire and hear Eli <laughs> talk about the Van Meter Visitor. So, yeah, yeah. It's, and then that's I'll, synchronicity, dude. I'll answer Jeremiah's question there. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a, that's a tie in episode. If I ever heard one, it's a crossover, dude. Absolutely. Um, what do you consider the top evidence for Bigfoot? What's mm. your number one? And this is the last question. So, mm. Man, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, I don't think there's any... <sighs> there is no single piece of evidence, I don't think, that could okay. be like this is super convincing by itself. You know, hmm. I think like the casts of foot of feet are compelling. Yes. You know, but when combined with the handprints, they're even more so when combined mm. with the, the analysis of, you know, normal pri- or known primate behavior versus reported Bigfoot behavior. And you see okay. the similarities between the two. But if I had to pick one, I would say the Patterson Gimlin film. Okay. Cool. I think that is just, it's the clearest. Yeah. Although I am myself, I'm torn. Um, I've been saying lately the, the nests are, and this is like, just because this is, I've just heard of it. I haven't experienced it. I haven't seen footage yet, but like, the Olympic Project Nest, that's pretty high up for me I, because it's like you hear that certain scientists have looked at them and said, oh, yeah, that's totally like what this and this would do. And it's like, that's enough for me, you know? Yeah. But it'll be um, interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. Petikov and I have discussed this. I think this might be the top evidence of this century, like oh, the snap. nests. For wow. sure. Like That's next, amazing. right next to the Patterson Gimlin film is probably mm. the nests because they're, I mean, I was there, I was among the nests. There's you, there is no reason a hoaxer would put those nests. They, there's just no way they're hoaxed. They're just too off mm-hmm. the trail. They are so far. That. Yep. I mean, it's it's literally so private, like, you know, in the whole purpose of a hoax, right, is so that it gets noticed, you know, right. you wouldn't put it so far out there that it's just a miracle happen chance that someone would stumble upon it and that they would know Derek Randall's of the Olympic project, you know, That's so it's cr- like, yeah, exactly, you it's know, wild. And, and not to mention, I think there's 21 in that first the first nest site i've heard there's to do, a lot yeah to do that many like to make one okay maybe it's a hoax but 21 all constructed the same way yeah right <laughs> yeah and yeah so the nests are for sure just insane dude this has been a super fun time hanging out thank you so much um mm, thank you for having me how can people, and I'm sure that, you know, smart people can hear, you know, we've talked about Cryptic Campfire, but do you mind running through what are the main ways that people can follow you, uh, follow your adventures, podcast, all that good stuff? Sure. I think the best way to follow me as an individual would be mm-hmm. on Instagram. That's at the Eli Watson. And if you are interested in hearing me talk about cryptid campfire and other various cryptids and interview mm. other researchers and stuff. Uh, check it out. That's at cryptid campfire on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, okay. um, cryptidcampfire.com, Like we said, so mm. there, yeah, check us out. 
Nice. Totally. And you guys should. And get a t-shirt while you're at it. Make <laughs> Eli work to send out those t-shirts, guys. Yes. Yeah, make <laughs> me work, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> um, Eli is going to uh, stay on for a few extra minutes. We are going to talk about some crazy stories, maybe something UFO related, I think. We will see. Uh, for the Patreon side of the uh, podcast, if you want to hear the extra stuff and extra interviews, all that stuff, and support the podcast as it continues to grow, it's patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society, uh, $5 a month uh, for the intro tier. So thanks again to Eli Watson for coming on. Thank you so much, Eli. Thank you. Big thanks again to Eli Watson for coming on the podcast and for spending uh, some time chatting about everything he's got going on and for his story. Uh, fun, fun time. Again, make sure you're following this guy. Uh, big things are coming in the future for Eli for sure. Do me a favor, pick up a sticker from my Etsy shop. It'll get me to the Cryptid Festivals coming out this year and more content for you. Thank the supporting members of the Bigfoot Society Patreon. Uh, we have Surfetes, uh, Josh, Sewich from the Starfall Collective on Twitch. Greg Morrill from the Order 66 podcast. We have Coco Van Boxtel from Strange Little Lands. Daniel Fuller with Caveman Resale on eBay. Lauren from Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. And if you're not a Patreon member and you're just a listener, thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at bigfootsocietypodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot bigfoot.society at bigfoot.society one last thing guys we need to talk about the new clubhouse app uh, it's currently in beta it is an audio only platform i am currently setting up uh the cryptozoology community on clubhouse so if you have clubhouse look up uh my name which is public and out there jeremiah byron and um, it's username at Bigfoot Society and add me so that you can be in the Clubhouse Bigfoot Society room that'll be happening every week at uh, Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a great time. We've got a lot of people already in there. Uh, you're going to get hooked, so check it out. Also regarding Clubhouse today, uh, Sunday, May 9th, uh, clubhouse is now open to all android users so if you've been holding off because you're on android now is the time to download the app get plugged into the community we hang out every wednesday night 9 30 p.m central standard time talk about cryptozoology if you go to my instagram profile epic for society uh it's in the link tree there about where to download the android clubhouse app so go on <laughs> go ahead let's get going the views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.